So a $600 pension 10, 15 years ago won't buy much of anything here today. And why the millennial generation is starting to give up because they can't afford to get a, a, a good job or own a house. Eight million Venezuelans voting uh, for this assembly saying it's actually less than three. It is, and people are going to start rioting in the streets. Was reported to have asked Putin for military support that would help him stay in power. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. And ignore him. And eight more years goes by till Bernie himself finally admits to his sons, hey, I've been running a Ponzi scheme. Does its dominance mean it can use the alliance for its own ends? Since 1981, bond yields, also known as coupon rates, have just gone down and down and down. Federal Reserve note will be your biggest financial liability. We're live. RTD Live Talk. Seems like it's been quite a while since we've done a live stream, but we're here. It is Monday night, the 25th day of the month of November. Holiday week. Short week, but we're going to make it good. And so I uh, wanted to check in and see what's going on. And then I came across an article. Actually, someone in the community forwarded me this article. And it caught me by surprise because the, just the number alone, 2 million Americans don't have access to running water. And then the first thing that came to mind was a situation that's uh, in the state of Michigan with Flint. And speaking of which, I haven't even checked into Flint. I don't even know what's going on, apart from the fact I know it costs uh, an arm and a leg to actually resolve that issue, of which I'm pretty confident to say that uh, no funds will be set aside for that. And so I want to actually, uh, I'll pull up an article and see what's going on. But with that being the case, uh, water. And so I remember, I think it was uh, about two weeks ago, having Alaska Prepper on, and he was giving us the rundown on the importance of having uh, basically insurance or water insurance as far as being able to have some storable water for Kate for emergency's sake. Nevertheless, you know, in this case here, people just don't actually have running water or water that's healthy enough to actually utilize. So I'm going to get to that article as always. But as always, before I dive any further, welcome to RT Live Talk. Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. My name is Mike, the host. Happy to have you guys join us. And as always, if there's any new any new viewers, let us know where you're watching from in the chat. I'd definitely love to acknowledge your presence. And if there's any other subject matter you guys want to touch on, there's a number, 313-462-0027. Give me a call and let me know what's on your mind and we can make it work this evening. And so let me check in and see who's tuning in thus far and then I'll get right into the article. So we got Excalibur. Say, what's up, Mike? We got low blood pressure. Says, what up? I'm too slow today. <laughs> we got Eddie Cruz from New York City, from NYC. We got uh, Kenneth Scott. We got Jesse James. Says, I don't have water tonight. Insane winter storm. Took down utility poles. Weather is going haywire. Wow, Jesse, where you at, my friend? I'm curious to find out. We got Mr. S from New York. We got Jarvis. How you guys doing? Sh uh, sheeple. Uh, yeah, so you don't have any water. That's, you know, very... Not timely, of course, but interesting subject matter, nevertheless. Nevertheless, so with that being the case, uh, we got TPFR Meadows says happy holidays. Same to you, my friend. Appreciate you for tuning in. And as always, there's so much stuff to cover. Feel free to let me know in the chat whatever else you guys want to talk about. We can definitely touch on that. So I just want to basically kick the night off with uh, an interesting subject. And so it looks like we have a call. Oops. So let me uh, exit out of this. 
So I'll give me one second. Let me close this window out so we can actually not have any interruptions with the, uh, so I'll sign out of here. All right. So I apologize for that. Yeah. Sign out. So give me a call and I'll get you back on. I apologize for that. Needed to exit out of that one. So we do have a call. Let's find out uh, what's going on. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where you calling from? All right, one second. Man, let me get this right. We're going to get this right tonight. All right, here we go. What's your name? Where you calling yeah, from? Can you hear me? Yes, I, I got you. What's, sure. what's your name? Where you calling from? Sure, name is Ralph. Ralph, how you doing, Ralph? What's on your mind this evening? Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer in terms of obviously inflation uh, as a result of, uh, you know, again, quantitative easing as well. However, there's one thing that uh, a lot of the gold bugs and silver bugs tend to forget and actually don't tend to focus on, and that's the fact that. The U.S. has covert operations in a lot of these foreign countries, and all they, if they, when and if the dollar starts to collapse, what they'll do is basically cause uh, these other countries to be in chaos, which causes capital flight uh, in the U.S. into the U.S. dollar. That's that's the one thing that uh, we you guys often tend to overlook. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. will ha has, I mean, the government is aware of the li of all these liabilities. They have a, a, a contingency plans in place. Uh, first thing they'll do is they'll collapse all their, they'll collapse the euro, they'll collapse all the other currencies, which basically ends up forcing a capital flight into the U.S., mm. uh, which basically will sustain the valuation of the dollar, even though, you know, by all means, without that, uh, it, it would probably, you know, go down to zero. That's the one thing you guys often always forget to overlook, is that, uh, you know, the Pentagon is fully aware of all these liabilities. Jim, Jim, Jim Reardon talks about it, they do play these financial war games all the time, and they're aware of these, of these things. So that's the one you guys oftentimes often overlook is that the U.S. will collapse the world to basically cause a capital flight into the United States. Hey, I, I, that's that's good insight, my friend. I appreciate you for bringing that to our, to our to my attention. <clears throat> and so, what I want to also throw out there is as as there's contagions happening in other countries, economies are crumbling in different countries and social unrest. Uh, so, I, actually, I, I gotta find the map, but it was I think eleven or twelve countries, three or four South America. Three in on the continent of Africa, two or three in Europe. So there's about eleven or so countries that are right now people are in the streets protesting, political corruption, economies crumbling, and so you're saying that and, and, all those events and are why do you strategically planned. Why do you think the dollar is strong? Why do you think the dollar is strong? Because again, the U.S. is uh, is strong. We continue to be strong so long as there's chaos everywhere else. So long as everywhere else looks mm -hmm. everywhere else looks unstable. So where so long as everywhere everywhere else. Uh, you know, they, they can basically do whether it's covert operations or it can basically uh, cause this. I mean, again, you got to keep in mind, you know, they've got hackers that's plugged into all these exchanges around the world. They will cause chaos, global chaos, to basically make, no matter how bad things are in the U.S., to make the U.S. always be the best option for major, for, for the major investors to basically come and hide their money, which is why. Again, you'll see the world will burn. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, as much as I, I, I'm in agreement with you, man, with this, this amount of debt, it makes no sense. But the thing is, they've got things in place which that the world will burn before the U.S. dollar will collapse. Now, hey, I, I, I'm not, I'm not in disagreement with you. I actually agree with you. And so, what that does is, it buys them more time, and it buys you and I more time to be able to utilize that destruction, wealth destruction outside that will pump up the dollar. But then also. You know President Trump doesn't want a strong dollar because that slows down the trade aspect as well as hurt American businesses if the dollar becomes too strong when it comes to exporting. 
So the monetary policy, central bank and the government are going to have to come together to find a way to, to lessen the strength of the dollar because Trump doesn't want a strong dollar. He said that several times. So you got that catch-22. Money will come in, but too much of that strengthens the dollar, as you're mentioning, but yet that's going to be a problem as well, even though it's good for us because it gives us a little bit more purchasing power some in a sense. But the powers that be here, I'm, I'm not sure they want that as well. So they're going to be doing something to kind of counter counter that, wouldn't you say? Um. Well, uh, you know, the U.S. business uh, typically goes, when, when the world's on fire, believe it or not, these major corporations, just like any investor, if you speak to them, whenever the world's on fire, all we do is we go out and we buy as well. We're buying off assets around the world. I mean, it, it just will present, I mean, it, it, no one really knows how this will play out, because again, the one thing I, the only, the only thing, the only reason why I'm calling, the only thing I'm asking you guys to basically keep in mind every time we talk about the dollar mm -hmm. collapsing, is you'll be able to see it coming, because uh, you'll seek instability. You'll see problems all around the world. I mean, matter of fact, I we're, we're seeing them now. You can actually start to see signs of it now. <laughs> yeah. they, they see the weak points. They see the vulnerabilities. Everything with China. They understand the euro. The euro is a problem from the beginning. The whole idea of multiple countries on an entire continent functioning off of a currency—it's basically—it's already a fall anyway. And the U.S. knows exactly. They've got uh, uh, again. The Pentagon has played these uh, financial war games. They're aware of their own liabilities and their own faults, and they will, if, if they have to, they will destroy the world to make sure that the U.S. is the last thing standing. Yeah. I'm, I, listen, I, I'm in agreement with you. Once yeah. all that chaos starts to happen, people will flock into gold, they will flock into silver, but the idea of the dollar collapsing will unfortunately take a long time. I mean, yeah. I, between me and you, I mean, I kind of, you know, would like to see that chaos yeah. because I'm, I'm heavy in gold. I've got to pretty much put myself on the gold standard a long time ago. But uh, you know the idea of the dollar collapsing. You'll see that you'll see that only after you've seen the euro, only after you've seen all these other currencies have basically been completely trashed. Because the U.S. will you know either hack their markets, cause all kinds of chaos within their markets to assure capital flight into the U.S. into the U.S. dollar and yeah. into the U.S. markets to stabilize things here. Hey, I can I can ride with that. I, I I'm I'm in agreement with you. And I appreciate you for bringing that to my attention. So it, it really reassures the fact that we do got a little bit of time, possibly. But yet, it's only going to make things worse in the end because there'll be really nowhere to run apart from <laughs> precious metals, more than likely. So, uh, But I appreciate you calling, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thank you, man. Bye. Yes, sir. Man, good call. Good call. Good call. <clears throat> Great points there. Great points, as always. And that's a, as I always say... We don't know exactly how this thing is going to unwind, but one thing I'm sure we're all confident in is the fact that we know it is unwinding. And so I wanted to try to, man, I came across a great, uh, I came across a great uh, little visual aid earlier that uh, painted a picture as to how bad things really are in, in a global sense of just complete chaos out there in the streets. And so let me try to find uh, let me try to find this article from earlier, and I wish I would have saved it, but I didn't think to do so. But I'm sure I can find it. And it's just a visual aid that shows all the countries that are basically hotspots right now. And there's a lot of countries down in South America. And I read an article today saying that Brazil, the president, the new president of Brazil, he's preparing for the likelihood of social unrest as well. Because, oh, this is a good article here. So I'm going to pop this out. 
I'm going to open this up. That's a good article there. So I got another article worth sharing. But <clears throat> social unrest is coming to Brazil. So it's no coincidence that South America is a hot spot right now for turmoil. And as a caller just referenced, I wouldn't doubt that it's strategically being done as far as uh, ushering in chaos in markets. And also a lot of the stuff has to do with political corruption, whether it be faulty elections or who knows. But there's so many things out there causing problems. I wish I could find this visual aid. So I'm going to try to thumb through some stuff, see if I can find it. Because it really just backs up my point. <clears throat> oh, here's another one. Let me, uh, I got to pull this one. Got to, I got to open this one up. Man, I got a couple good things I want to point to you guys. So you can get a chance to see what's going on. But I may not be able to find it. So I might have to do it a different day. But I can call off the top of my head from what I remember. And so in a nutshell... It was, uh, let me see. So just thinking about, just recalling what I what I saw earlier. Catalonia, Spain was one. We have uh, uh, Paris with the whole Yellow Vest movement. We have Lebanon. We got Turkey, Lebanon, 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 Egypt, uh, Hong Kong. Uh, what else in that region? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm blowing a blank. But then it was, it was Colombia, <coughs> Colombia. Venezuela, <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me, Chile, uh, what else? And it was, hell, two or three more in South America. So it was about, it was literally 11 countries of which, I, I that's, not, that's not 11, but you get the drift. But that controlled, so-called controlled demolition is happening right now. And it's one of the things where there's no easy fix for any of the issues in those countries because the people are pissed and they're on the streets and there's no way of really appeasing them at this point because they've lost so much they feel cheated more than likely so i guess it's just a matter of time before you know they cut the economies come crumbling down argentina's another one i'm sorry so with that being the case let's keep the party moving but to get back to the original story which is what the title is about water and lack thereof and then i got a couple other things i'm going to steer to eventually but let me get to the main story before i completely forget it and so somebody in the community shared this with me via I think email, I think, not long ago. And so let me actually fix this. How we got to get this going? Right, I mean, I'd be working. So let me try to, I'm not sure how this is. Let me see where I'm all out of, I'm all out of sync here. All out of sync. Anyway, but here we go. So it says article 2 million. Oh, it's, man, it's behind me. Okay. Give me one second. Can't see myself. What is going on here? Uh, let me see if I can fix this. See if I can fix this so you guys can see me. Move myself out. <laughs> All right, let me see. All right, so I'll just do it this way. All right, here we go. This is messed up. Anyway, 2 million Americans <clears throat> don't have access to running water and basic plumbing. And so when I saw 2 million Americans, I'm thinking like, wow, is this like an isolated event? Is this a city or something like that? Or is this just in general? So I was thumbing through it, and in a nutshell, it's it's basically in general. So give you an idea what's going on. I'll zoom in a little bit. It says, the lack of access makes it difficult to stay healthy, earn a living, go to school, and care for families. So here's a picture here, which I thought it was about. I thought it was Puerto Rico because I see palm trees, so I'm assuming that could be it as well. But it just talks about gives a different different demographics that are impacted by uh, not having plumbing and things of that nature. I'm thinking like, man, we're in the most developed nation on the planet for the most part. How is, there, how is this issue 
of lack of running water and piping and stuff still a problem. And so it says more than 2 million people in the U.S. lack running water. It says a new report by the human rights nonprofit uh, Dig Deep and the nonprofit U.S. Water Alliance says Native Americans are 19 times more likely to lack indoor plumbing. So Native Americans. So I'm assuming probably not in a metropolitan area, out in a reserve or something like that, than their white counterparts, putting them in the worst spot of any group in African-American and Latina households lack indoor plumbing. So Latin American and Latino households lack indoor plumbing at almost twice the rate of white households. So I'm trying to figure out where exactly are you located at to where you don't have pipes. Because even in, in all metropolitan areas, even in the, the oldest parts of the city, there's pipes. It's unfortunate that those pipes are probably lead-based by now, but interesting to see this. It says, a quote, The United States is home to some of the most reliable water and waterway systems on Earth, and many Americans uh, believe access is universal, the authors wrote. But, in fact, millions of most vulnerable people in the country, low-income uh, people in rural areas, people of color, tribal communities, immigrants, have fallen through the cracks. So, the reason I decided to share this is because one of the things where I I had no clue that there was still portions of this country where there's not running water. Because all we hear about or all I hear about being in Michigan is the Flint situation where Flint doesn't have water. It's been several years and there's no easy fix for that. But there's two million or so more people that don't have water and then they're breaking it down to actual uh, race. It says race, the authors found uh, prove, quote, the strongest predictor of whether a household has access to water and sanitation. So that's, that makes me wonder, because I'm thinking they're breaking it down to race. So they're saying Native Americans, African Americans, and Latinx households are the ones that don't have proper infrastructure in their house with plumbing. So clearly these are not uh, people living in the cities, because I'm thinking like at this point you have to have all of that as part of just how the cities were designed to all pack us in, in a, in a small community and all those type of things. So, but I'm curious to find out what do you think about this? Because once again, I wasn't aware of this. Perhaps you were, I'm not sure. Let me know in the comment and, or call in. It says whole communities often clustered in specific areas experience lack of access to complete plumbing. The researchers found it says access gaps are concentrated in places, including Alaska, Maine and Dakota, as well as regions in which the researchers conducted field research. So, Alaska, Maine, and Dakotas, okay, paints a picture. So, I'm, I'm assuming Dakota, the Native American aspect, Maine, I'm not quite sure, you know, who's in Maine. Alaska, we got Alaska Prepper out there. So, anyway, so I thought I would just share this with you guys. Definitely something I think it, it opens my eyes up to just how blessed we are if we do have running water in our pipes and all those type of things. So just something worthy of your time and consideration, considering the fact that unless you are one of these people without actual running water and pipes, then you are better off than a lot, at least 2 million worth. So, but we got spirit King says we got, uh, says U S has 4.5 people living in third world poverty. That I did. I didn't know that. I don't think the way that statistic was given. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Mike, Tim Colorado. Tim, how you doing, my friend? What's on your mind? Good. Oh, not much. I'm just watching the show. Thank you again for all your great work. And I saw some of your wise guys. It was great. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's great to connect with a lot of other individual, a lot of other like-minded individuals, just to rub elbows and bounce ideas off each other. So I enjoy that. Oh, I know you're you're talking to legends. <laughs> you're, you guys are le- you are a legend. Ah uh, man, I'm, I'm, still, I'm, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. I think they just don't have us dead. I'm just getting started, but I appreciate that, my friend. What what what, what, what kind of curveball you gonna throw at me tonight? Uh, that's a good one. I like to do that to you. <laughs> so, 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 so you, you, I don't have any. Just oh. spread the love, Mike. That's so, all we can do. Spread right. the love. Hey, I appreciate that, my friend. I appreciate your call. Look, look like I caught you off guard. Okay, you keep going. All right. I'll see you later. Be, be safe, brother. All right. <laughs> good one there. Good old Tim. Looks like I caught him off guard tonight. I one-upped him. <laughs> anyway, keep moving. Spirit King says, wondering about the race thing, how now you know why Dems are against voter ID. Spirit, that's a great point there. <clears throat> that is a great point there. And I would imagine, you know, a big the, the primary reason behind the Democratic side not really being for the whole identification side of things when it comes to voting is because of that influx of uh, Central American residents that pour through the border or lack thereof border. I think it was like last year. So I think last year at this time, if you guys remember, for those that were around, we were talking about how on every mainstream news source, there was about people coming from Honduras, Mexico, Honduras, you name it. And they were coming up in droves. And so once again, I think Tony Blaylock, who may not be here, referenced that it was all just a show. And so here we are a year later. Apart from my, 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 my viewers out in California or on that side, has there been any word about where those migrants went? Did they come through? Did they get sent back? Or is there camps outside the borders there? What? I'm curious because, once again, the mainstream media, it, it dropped. Probably at the beginning. They dropped that story at the beginning of this year. And here we are towards the end of 2019. I haven't heard nothing about no influx of people trying to get to the border. Apart from Trump going down there and showing they got a fence and all that stuff like that. So, yeah. And so Johnny Johnny says, uh, America is a third world. See California. Yeah, man. Yeah. California, man. I'm hearing more and more information about how expensive it is, how they up in taxes on people. So the people who actually are contributing to society, they're leaving. And I did an article a couple weeks ago about how all the California natives are leaving and they're going towards like Idaho and Montana and all those states where apparently they're driving up the price of housing <laughs> in those states as well. So, yeah, we are in for a world of mess. Someone says Ecuador, Peru. Yeah, Ecuador, Peru. OK, yeah. So more more st- more countries that they come to my mind as far as that, the, the total number of countries that's in social unrest right now or experiencing that. And so what else we got here? Uh, so speaking of race, Hawaiians are protesting in Hawaii too. Really? That was, it'd be interesting. So, that's something I would have never known. Appreciate you for sharing that. Let me let me try to Google and see a, see if they got some news on that one. Students for Speak Out of Conflict, it says Hawaiian lawmaker, dozens more arrested, one mid-warrant protest. So here's an article here that I think would be of interest. It doesn't really show much. Let me actually see if it's worth pulling up. Nope, you got to sign up for this. So I'm wondering what exactly are they protesting or 
out in Hawaii needs to fix itself up before it. So assuming it's just the cost of living. So here's an article here. Families and turbines. and So here's a story. It looks like from... Man, excuse me. We got KITV4 on the island. There's wind farm protests over a dozen additional arrests overnight in Kalo, Kalahua. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. So we got people protesting. It looks like over natural energy for disobedience to the police. So 70 people arrested for disobedience to the police officer. One individual was arrested for obstructing government operations. So interesting. So they're protesting. Got people out in the streets in Hawaii. And I, I imagine it's probably bigger than this, but talking about something. 200 people arrested for protesting a wind farm, which is built by AES. So protesting over a wind farm. And I'm assuming they are probably privatizing some some land out there and giving it to a special special interest co corporation, uh, giving them a tax break and all that stuff like that. Probably have to they're probably relocating families from their land for this project. So definitely will piss me off as well. But here's uh let me see here here's another article. So here's another article in relation to the whole water situation, and this looks like it's fresh or relatively fresh, and it has to do with uh, Flint. And it says, says uh, Flint water crisis finds its way into the classroom. And so, yeah, it says in 2014, state officials began siphoning uh, corrosive lead-filled water from Flint River to the city's water supply. This led to a devastating public health crisis. So it's been five years now in which uh, the predominantly working class and lower income communities struggle to survive with water. Children. Who were born prior or in the midst of the crisis are now in school, but the number of young students who require special education for physical or mental health needs is greatly outpacing the resources available. Wow, that's not good news. So basically, the kids that have been born over the last couple years due to the Flint water situation, they're experiencing some health difficulties, which means think about it as a parent. If you're a parent and you are caught up in this situation where the water's not good for your child, but yet you will still give it to them or who knows the additional cost on you to help to, to, to take care of the health issues of your child and the factory. And you're still in the city of Flint and the water situation hasn't gotten better. And so from what I see on the news here is there's always some type of push for people to bring water bottles. So to my knowledge, they're still passing out water bottles in Flint five years later and they've done nothing about the piping infrastructure. Cause I would imagine the cost would beats in the billions so once again the state of michigan is not really doing all that well overall and so flint is definitely a place where you wouldn't want to move to so yeah not good news there not good news at all let's check into the chat what else is going on out here spirit king says uh just google environmental racism and check the wikipedia page it's a lot more types of issues spirit i would do that but yet that's going to take me down a whole nother avenue of issues. And we already got more than enough problems <laughs> right here. Just talking about water and everything else. So uh, low blood pressure says, Mike, you have here 40 schools closed mysterious virus. So in Corpus Christi, let me check that out. In Corpus Christi, 40 schools closed. Interesting. That's not, not a good thing. School closed. Let me see. Man, my spelling is off. 
school clothes. 40s, I'm sorry. I spelled everything wrong. <laughs> 40 schools clothes. See what pops up here. They're giving me actually. Uh, let me see. Anything about school closing here? Uh, 25 high school football rankings. No, I don't see anything. Lead way to. Yeah. Low blood pressure. Send me an article or something. I'll be curious to find out more on what's going on with that because I would assume viruses aren't just contained within certain regions. I'm assuming if it's, if it's serious, it's, it might spread. And, of course, I haven't heard anything on the mainstream news, so it lets me know they probably want to keep that on the hush. It says environmental racism, huh? That's almost funny. How much money does you, how much money do it have anyway? What do you think will replace the U.S. standard if it's not Bitcoin? Chris, great point. What do you? What do I think will replace the U.S. standard? Um, USD standard. Well, uh, I believe that the banking sector, the world governments, all the people that are overseers of our global monetary system. I believe what they would like to do is utilize the blockchain, the crypto tech space and all that stuff like that to get people excited for just the, the transition into solely digital. Now, what they're going to give us is going to be some type of centrally controlled. And, if, and this, is, this is a twofold thing, because if this thing, if it comes to a crash of some kind where there's a complete chaos in the markets all hell breaks loose and it's pointed back to central banks i.e the primarily federal reserve then it's going to be hard for them to to roll out something with a with 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 ease in the form of something digital especially but if they can transition us into something as a tag along to the usd in the meantime and so from uh, from my the wise guys mastermind the first one i had with bitcoin ben Check out that little snippet, but basically from that little segment there, the introduction of crypto, crypto inclusive notes are in the works. So they're clearly strategically trying to bring in the new, the next edition of notes out in the Asian area with a, with a, with a different feel to it, more of the plastic feel, but yet it has a barcode on it. It got a little chip in it. So it has all the things that, they want to eventually roll out full time in that little note. So I believe that that sample that Bitcoin Ben uh, brought on the show is what they would like to do if they could control things. So they're going to issue a new line of paper along with the failing currency and then attach QR codes or put a chip into it and make it to where you can do transactions by basically holding up. You'll be able to hold up the new note and just tap it to your phone and you can transfer something or so that's what they would like to do, I believe. But that's, you know, if it's if it's controlled, they're going to issue something along with the currency. If it's an outright contagion event where things fall apart completely, then at that point, it's no it's any man for himself. Then in that case, I can see Bitcoin, for example, being preferred by the people that, that are aware of it over uh, anything else. But of course, silver and gold will always be the anchor of all that because it's real money. So everything above silver and gold is speculative and Risky, extremely risky, but can be profitable if this thing isn't controlled and brought down for a smooth crash. That's just my two cents. What else we got going on? It says 40 schools closed in Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Good one. I got me looking at Corpus Christi. Uh, okay, so I do see something. 
So this says Colorado School District has closed more than 40 schools after a highly contagious virus outbreak. What in the world happened in Colorado? And so 40 schools for two days after a virus outbreak rapidly spread through the student population. It says we are taking this highly unusual action because the virus is extremely contagious and spreading quickly across the schools. School's out early today for Taylor Elementary. Uh, Actually, all 42 schools in District 51 are out early. I kind of wondered if it was coming just because of all the health craziness going on at the schools around us. So we had kind of pre-gamed a bit, but um, I'm sure there's a lot of families who are put in some strange situations. I've actually felt really good about it. They've been... Alrighty, she felt pretty good about it. Not really much of a story there, but I wonder what the virus is and I wonder was it contained? Probably not. Okay, so here's here's a, here's something I do want to share that I think uh, would be of interest because uh, da, 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 da. so here's here's something I thought was very interesting. So this is from um, let me pop this and zoom in. This is from Zero Hedge, just a little visual aid here, and this was. 20 risks to the market in 2020. And I guess this list here was populated by Deutsche Bank, if I'm not mistaken. And I came across this earlier. And so I thought I would highlight this because this is what they are forecasting or predicting or using as a, I guess, a 2020 guide, forecast guide. So this is probably like the trends of what what, what, might, what might take place to really cause issues. And I'll thumb through it briefly. And I'll actually put this uh, image I'll put the page image in the uh, chat so people can go back. So this is the actual little tweet page here. But give an idea. It says, uh, number one, the number one risk in markets for 2020 is continued increase in wealth inequality, income inequality, and healthcare inequality. So inequality will be the driving force of market contagion events in 2020, whether the policies that's been implemented will make the wealthier, richer, widen that gap between those that have and those who don't. And then when it comes to actual compensation, once again, uh, there's, I think Elizabeth Warren is out here talking about uh, the need to really, uh, I think, increase the national minimum wage from 725 to whatever. And so she's probably, you know, depending on how this goes, this next presidential person will have to address the wage disparity, the fact that, uh, the quality of work is going down, but yet pay has been stagnant for decades. So once again, that's going to be an issue. Then healthcare, Medicare for all. I don't say nothing about that. It says phase one, phase one trade deal remains unsigned. So if President Trump doesn't get this signed and delivered, whatever, what's, whatever's, whatever's in that phase one, only Trump and his party and G and his party know. Because once again, I haven't seen the full manuscript just listing what these phases are. So I'm not really counting on the phases. Third one, it says trade war uncertainty continues to weigh on corporate CapEx decision. So corporations losing out because of trade back and forth. And so that's going to be something. And the price and the, and the, the, the tariffs for these corporations will be passed on to the citizens. It says ongoing slow growth in Europe and Asia triggering significant U.S. dollar appreciation so to what our to what our caller said earlier about capital flight everybody leaving their jurisdictions and flooding their currency into the dollar causing a dollar appreciation which as i mentioned the dollar 
the international dollar in a sense, the way that it's it's system set up, it's not favorable for a strong dollar in an environment where debt <laughs> is needed to keep the system going. It makes borrowing costs a little bit more expensive. Therefore, there's they're gonna they're gonna they're I think I've heard people actually mention the need to implement something to devalue the dollar further. Out, like outright devalue it, like you know, I'm not, and I'm not even sure how they're gonna do that. But those are things that I've heard people mention. It says impeachment uncertainty and possible government shutdown could be an issue going into 2020. U.S. election uncertainty implications for taxes, regulation, and capex spending, antitrust, privacy, and tech re- regulation. So this whole situation with Facebook and this Libra and all that stuff like that plays into this regulation aspect. We'll see. Then it says foreigners loss of appetite for U.S. credit. Once again, nobody's lending. Nobody's lending us money. So the Federal Reserve will start monetizing outright like what's happening now with the repo action with them extending borrowing until 2020, which is outright QE. So it's QE is here. So I'm going to leave that alone. U.S. government debt levels begin to matter for long rates. MMT style fiscal policy mismatch between demand, supply and T-bills. Uh, it says uh, Fed reluctant to cut rates in the election year. So it's saying if the Fed don't cut next year, it's going to be problems. So house house price house price crash in Australia, Canada, and Sweden are all things that Deutsche Bank is saying could be an issue. We got declining corporate profits. We got shrinking global auto industry. So the global auto industry at risk for global markets and economy. So once again, Motor City Capital, nobody buying cars, then issues. We got companies being downgraded and their bond status. So this is Deutsche Bank's. And so not one of these 20 things has Deutsche Bank and their derivative exposure as a, re- as a reason to be concerned for 2020. So just something worthy of thinking about. And then I'll show you this last article here. It says 75% of millennials may never be able to afford owning a house. Think about that. Never able to afford owning a house. And so that right there, the title says it all. I'm going to put this in the chat so you guys can see it. It says, might give us a biblical meaning of sil- biblical meaning of silver and gold. Uh, biblical meaning. Great question there. Now, meaning-wise, uh, first thing come to mind that would be somewhat of a definition or a meaning or something to go back towards the biblical origins is simply in Genesis 1, if I'm not mistaken, well, I think Genesis 2, in the beginning when God created the heavens and earth and all the, the, the timeline of his creation of physical matter, of what we see now, there's a there's a specific reference that in the ground, and I want to say this is in the Garden of Eden or coming from the Garden of Eden, how he referenced that gold was in the ground in whatever region of the garden area that he was referring to, and he said gold is good. The gold is good. And so that's, of course, written, rewritten through the pen penmanship of Abraham centuries later, but yet under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I believe it's valid. But I'm curious as to what was meant by the gold is good. Was it a greater purity or something of that nature? Thousands and thousands of years ago? I don't know. But the fact that it was mentioned as one of the precious items in the ground, so it was onyx, gold, Silver wasn't mentioned directly in that, but it was all types of diamonds and rubies. So all the precious elements of the earth, I believe, was God's way of saying that that was for man to enjoy, of course. 
and it had no reference to it being used as money just because it was so plentiful in the ground. So uh, I think gold, for example, is man's idea of using it for a medium of exchange because of all the elements that we've come to accept as, as being money. But yet God put a variety of things in the ground that can be used as stores of value and things of that nature. So just my little two cents there. <clears throat> just a little, my little two cents there. Uh, Judas was a pimp. <laughs> okay. Good thing nobody can see that one. So yeah, with that being the case, I'm about to get ready to dial back. My sinuses is kicking my butt and I feel like I'm up here stuttering and can't breathe. But anyway, that being the case, I'm going to leave you guys with this article here. 75% of millennials may never be able to afford a housing, never, never be able to afford a house. So <clears throat> that is what it is. And so that's the statistics given by whoever. If you're interested, click that link in the, in the, in the chat and read more for yourself if you fall in that category. But that's where we're at. And these are all the events that were worthy of us touching on tonight. I appreciate the people that called in and shared your thoughts. And as always, back at it tomorrow. Come back tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. tomorrow, I have Doug Casey from Argentina. He's down in Argentina. We connected over the weekend. And so he's going to come back on the show. And he's going to come back on in a live format. So if you guys are interested, you can call in tomorrow and speak to Doug directly. And so for those who don't know, Doug Casey is a very... Prominent businessman, author, world traveler, precious metals, guru, all that stuff like that. So he's a wealth of knowledge. I had him on the show a while back, so I'm happy to have him back on. Tomorrow, 3 p.m., come, bring some questions for him. And as always, if you guys are interested in any of the material, we've got the RTD coins still available. we got free books and all that type of stuff beneath us. The cash go for those different ways of getting your weight up. Just don't restrict yourself to solely bullion. So other than that, with that being the case, people, it's been great hanging out. I uh, enjoyed the conversation. Let's do it again tomorrow. Same time, same place, and at 3 p.m. with Doug Casey. Other than that, be blessed, be safe. See you guys later. Hey there. Sorry for this interruption, but I wanted to bring something to your attention. If you've been enjoying this live stream, why don't you partner with me and be a support to the channel via Patreon membership for just a minimum of $5 a month. All you have to do is scroll down beneath this video here, click the Patreon link, then consider donating as little as $5 a month towards the channel. A little bit of crumbs can go a long way, and I appreciate your support. Now, let's get back to this live stream.